This is Neon Radio, episode 154, with Humanity founder, Alan Reed. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Fellow Neonites, it's your host, Nick Onkin, here with another episode of Neon Radio. It has been a long, fun journey with this podcast, and we're taking a little bit more of a inward journey with a lot of these guests, and I'm excited to bring to you today's guest. Her name is Alan Reed. She is the founder of Woomanity and a co-founder of The Secret Knock. She is a wonderful, wonderful human. She has been one of the first, the first woman, Filipina, to summit Kilimanjaro. She's also the resident Sherpa at Sherpa Press. And really what she does is she's an amplifier. She is a community alchemist. And she specializes in helping people amplify their businesses from the inside out and really getting to the core of who they are, tapping into their soul sovereignty, which is the intuition that guides you, your business, and your life. So we had a really fun conversation today, this week, about all of that stuff, really navigating your inner world to make your external world, specifically your creativity, your business, amplified and congruent and aligned with who you are. Because when you're aligned with who you are and you're living in your passion, you're doing what you love, you're going to succeed. So we had a really great conversation about this. We also talk about not just the woo, but the science behind the woo and the balance of both worlds. And there's so much new technologies and research going on around the neuroscience of the esoteric and the the what is out there beyond what we can see and hear and understand and in our sensory world here. We talk about some of the science around that and much, much more. Before we jump into it, don't forget to go over to the Neon Life site. It's N-I-O-N-L-I-F-E dot com slash community. You can join the Facebook community over there, other creatives. You can also take the Neon Life quiz, which is neonlife.com slash quiz, and we'll serve you up some free content to help you out with where you're at in your journey. So go ahead and do that. Also, I just came out with a new ebook on elevating your personal visual brand. I've got four formulas in there to help you uh, elevate your personal brand with the online and press world and all that. You can go to nickonkin.me slash personal brand. That's N-I-C-K-O-N-K-E-N dot me slash personal brand and download it for free over there. So with that, let's jump into it. I give you the one, the only, this is Alan Reed. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Neon Radio. Today, we've got Alan Reed in the house. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. (laughs) Thank you, Neon Radio. Alan is an amazing human. 
the founder of Woomanity and co-founder of The Secret Knock. It's a leadership conference. She's well into the leadership world and really just an amazing human working from the inside out. And I've been on this journey of, of developing that. So I really want to bring her on and talk about creativity from the inside. And we're going to talk about soul sovereignty today and a lot of other things. So let's just start out and hear a little bit about your story of, of your kind of, of how you got started and how you kind of woke up and started developing and integrating all of this into your life. Mm, how does it all integrate after waking up? Okay, so I think we all begin in the same place. We came in awake. Mm-hmm. All of us as kids when we're born, we're all awake. Those imaginary friends we all played with, were they really imaginary? Exactly. <laughs> and so life, school, you know, the world will get a hold of us and shows us some metrics like likability and trust and values. And we begin to modify who we are and what we know in order to survive in this reality. And what happens as a byproduct of that is we slowly put ourselves to sleep in that socialization, if you will. Yeah. And at some point, whether we have it by way of an illness, an accident, a life-changing moment, it spans no time period. It can be when you're younger, it can be when you're older. We all reach a place where we're pushed to wake up again to who we are, Mm. to the true essence of us, which is our soul. And I went through the same thing. So I started awake just like everybody else. And to survive, I, you know, when I was told I laughed too much, I didn't laugh as much. When I'm told you're too demanding, okay, let me demand a different way or demand less. Let me ask questions less. And I grew up in the Philippines and there was a lot of magic and woo and mystic and shamanism woven into daily life. Mm. And it's woven in with religion, with health, with nutrition. It wasn't separate. And so, for example, like my brother was born with a brain tumor. And when you have a brain tumor or something, you know, that big, it's like, okay, let's go pray and let's bring him to the hospital and and let's go hike and find those women shamans (laughs) (laughs) for healing. Wow. Yeah. So it was all very like integrated into life. Nobody really thought anything of it. Nobody judged anybody for only going science or only doing religion or only doing healing. Yeah. It was sort of like a thing that you just did. It was a seamless thing. And, you know, lucky for us, my grandmother actually belonged to this network of women shamans that people would hike this mountain for, (laughs) for healing. And I would accompany her to help with my brother. And we would hike and sleep on rocks and wait you know, in line and in waiting in that line, I saw a lot of really neat things that I didn't know were not normal until I came to America. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. What kind of things? So people who are coming in with deformities, with illnesses, with woes, and the ladies would treat them with tea, with prayer, with facilitation of energy, with speaking in tongues, wow. with like, you know, music and... All kinds of things and walk away with lots of stories. And like, I hear a lot of stories. Oh, I feel so much better. This happened and then that happened. And, you know, 
I actually didn't even come here for me. I came here for my granddaughter who lives in blah, blah, blah. And she's feeling better, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So fast forward to, you know, arriving in America about 10 years old in the 90s. And there was no access to this stuff, really. And so also entering this phase of like as a new immigrant, you're very like driven. You know, I came here and the bedroom you have was like real, uh, like the room I was living in with six other people sleeping on the floor was a lot smaller than that bedroom. Yeah. You know, so you have this will to like survive and fight and make it. And that means going the academic route, excelling, achieving, succeeding. And I think by the time I was 20, I was like, I'm done. I was suicidal. I was like, oh, felt so cut off with, to myself, despite, you know, getting into the top college in the country and all these things that I did. Yeah. That, and I keep, we keep having these moments where, where we have that, where we sort of fall asleep on the way to something. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then you arrive and you're like, ah! Yeah, it's like that autopilot. <laughs> where, yes, where am I? Who am I? <laughs> so that's that's what the beginning of all this is, I suppose. Yeah, and so your your path has been, you were you were consulting, you were working for different companies. You still work with mm-hmm. CEOs and and all kinds of different business owners, and you're an amplifier, which I love. I love the idea of that and uh, a community architect and what what does that what does that look like in your world Mm. well a baby example of it i think i was 17 i went to a high school where we all had to dress in uniform and like we weren't allowed things like nail polish or even the hair i have right now would be like a big huge (laughs) no-no so everyone is pretty scrubbed down to look the same yeah, she's got amazing platinum hair, by the way. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's sometimes lilac, sometimes it's pink. You know, like this is a huge no-no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I noticed there were these girls, my classmates, who were absent a lot. And I started to find out their stories. And one of them was actually really sick. And so she was dealing with, I think, lupus. And then I found that one, two sisters were... Bollywood like stars. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then I found out another girl was this world-class Polynesian Tahitian dancer that is in a dance troupe that competes around the world. Yeah. And I just started finding all this, these alter egos Oh wow! that people had outside of the academic life. So I made up this thing called a talent show and I called it a diversity talent show and made up a diversity club. I <laughs> 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 made it up. And because I saw that there were so many aspects of an individual that gets left out when you only see them in one way. Yeah. And to build community around these aspects of ourselves that should be celebrated and not be scrubbed down. As an adult, I created something called Secret Knock. You uh, you mentioned earlier. So this group... I totally butchered earlier. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It, it, it really is in, in casual. Like people who have attended, we call it the knock. Are you going to the knock this round? Are you going yeah. to the knock this year? Yeah, absolutely. And the women, uh, when I used to host women's like groups, I yeah. we would call one another the knockers. Oh, <laughs> <I like it. laughs> love that. Love so, it. There is no butchering at all. Okay, it's more okay, like okay, the t- you're in the family. <laughs> the, the fact that you call it the knock. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but that was based on traveling and noticing that entrepreneurs and inventors, creatives were really amazing at their mission, but they were alone a lot. 
Yeah. A lot. And not that really they're lonely, but they're just alone. They they are they are like that classic, you know, Superman hero journey. And I thought, why don't we bring everybody together? Yeah. Because it's it's okay that we're alone in our daily goings about because we are usually the ones in our community who are just like us. We mm-hmm. we are we're pulling and gathering and sort of being the anchor that other people rely on. So, you know, yeah. it is a kind of an isolated life, but not in a bad way. It yeah. is just sort of the task of the journey of a leader or of a creative. And I thought, okay, this can be a safe space for people who are on this path yeah. of contributing to others and who are by themselves a lot on, yeah. you know, in the day-to-day part of it. And that's what the community is about as for this one. <laughs> so community architecting, it's, it's finding where the soul can rest, whatever mm-hmm. that means. This is just one translation of it. You know, seven, at 17, yeah. it's the alter ego. You know, at this one, it's how do we bring together people who are alone a lot, but are on a mission. Yeah. So... Ooh, jump back to that. So 17, it's the alter ego. Yes. So ex- tell me that story of how you, well, discovered that and, and what that means. Because, I mean, yeah, you're 17, you're like discovering who you are and who you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. The path of that, or, or what is the part of the story you want me to tell on that one? Discover- well, where, yeah, what's the story that brought you to that that realization or that that idea? I think it's a blend. I think if people blend their talents and what they have a knack for doing like at the time I was really craving togetherness and festivity mm-hmm. and a party <laughs> <laughs> there is that there's the party the party life <laughs> American Idol was not out yet and in the Philippines like you watch talent shows all day long and all night long singing shows you know <laughs> and I was like wow what if I could create something that kind of felt like a party that kind of felt like people were showcasing and I could Mm. just like watch them and applaud, you know, like you're the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And truthfully, the theme of alter ego really never left. Mm. I think in my work with people, the things that people struggle with internally is their alter egos. Mm. It's it's an aspect of our soul we all have. We all have actually several. And they turn into alter egos because we don't want to look at them because it's so unknown or maybe there's bad thoughts in there or there's whatever it is in there, whatever the X factor is that's in there. But it's an it's an adventure for me. Yeah. So what are <laughs> you referring it. to when you say the alter ego? Like what's the de- what's your definition of it? Mm, the alter ego is a lot of times the non-PC version of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The, the, the piece that we censor. The piece that we censor. We don't really even know this aspect. You know, in women I've seen women who are mm, curving how they are sexually because mm-hmm. it's what's not PC, but actually they own the promiscuity and they don't really care what people yeah. think, but they're very under the radar about it. Mm. And this creates isolation, even in our most intimate friendships, yeah. you know, when, when you do this. Right. In men, it's like, I don't want to hurt others. Or I don't want to come off as a, can we say the a-hole word, word yeah, here? Yeah, oh, at, like an asshole. I curse a lot. 
<laughs> my alter ego is a sailor and it curses a lot. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, you know, I do, I do the same. I do the same. <laughs> You know, it's interesting because my my friend actually just wrote a book called The Alter Ego Effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Todd Herman, but um, it just came out. And his whole thing is using alter egos to create, to step into that higher self or like finding what that higher self alter ego is and stepping into it. Like Beyonce's alter ego was Sasha Fierce, Sasha, right? Yeah. And she would become that alter ego when she went on stage and when she was out in public and all that stuff until she actually became became Beyonce, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that has any any correlation? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's so key to success or achieving or beyond that, it's the other half of that fulfillment that accompanies success. Like yeah. there's a lot of people with achievement and success but are empty inside. They can't feel it. Yeah. They can't bask in it, not at least not without guilt. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or, you know, or imposter syndrome or doubt or any of those things. Yeah. But to re- just really be in the genuineness of celebrating something you've, where you are at in life. Yeah. It, it's essential to integrate the dark side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you, you know, you, you talked about when you were, you were coming through college, you were doing the thing and then you kind of hit this place of like... I don't know if it was a rock bottom place or if it was a burnt out place or whatever it was. What was that for you? And then what 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 was the turning point? Where'd you where where were you like, okay, I've got to like do some inner work to to discover this whole other world? Mm. I wouldn't even I wasn't even so versed in this whole working on self thing to even go, oh, I gotta work on myself. You know right, what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, maybe that's even a subconscious, like, oh, yeah. I've got to like, I'm, it's a, like the pain thing or the accident thing or whatever that may be, right? I would say that the journey arriving to the point of like, I want it out of this reality where mm. I was just like, I want out. It was uh, a lot of anger and to the point of like, it's like very dark despair and I felt like it was going to swallow me. Mm. And I all I was doing was living my life not to let that get too close to me. Like right. I could even feel it and, and visualize it coming at me and like this rolling ball of dark that if like I don't get out of the way, it will like keep rolling over me and I'll be in it. Right, right. And right, right. Uh, getting to that point where like, I don't think I can hold it off anymore. Mm. Yeah. So what snapped out of that? Well, I lived in the dorms and, uh, you know, the the day or the evening I was like going to implement my plan was my boyfriend walked in. <laughs> And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you didn't tell me you were coming over, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like he just walked in. He's like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, hi. <laughs> All right. And I was kind of thinking, well, there goes that. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you to arrive at that point, it does generate a lot of energy yeah. of like ramping up towards something. And so it got like snapped. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was catatonic for like two days straight, like not moving in bed or out of it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably was just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm still here. What am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah. And I literally, all the question that I could come up with was, where do I start? How do I start? Mm. And that was all that got me by. Yeah. And I remember... When you're like, you feel like you have nothing, you just start sort of looking at your hands and you're just, I'm looking at my hands like this. I'm like, well, 
I have fingers. I have hands. <laughs> okay, okay. What else do I have, you know? Right. And I'm like, oh, I have a body that's in one piece. Okay, like I would just find these little tiny notices and moments yeah. that I could collect for myself that I could hopefully go, what could I do with this then? Yeah. But in the beginning, it was just like, where do I start? What do I have? What, yeah. What, <laughs> and where did, you, where did you go from there? Yes, yeah. And from there, it was then it was like, okay, clearly I'm supposed to be here or that thing wouldn't have happened, <laughs> that interruption. <laughs> now what? And I just kept going, what, 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 what can I do? What am I supposed to do? And I just yeah. kept being in the question. And honestly, most of the stress of the journey is like waiting for this answer or that we got to have the answer when the whole point of it is actually to just be sitting in the question, finding your comfort zone in the question, being in the question, because we're not going to get the answers. We have to be the answers. Mm. You have to be the answer. Yeah, so as you ask a question of like, what can I do with it? It's not that you're going to get a thing that says you're now this engineer or you're now this creator person or you're now this CEO. It wasn't that. It was like, what can I do? And the thing that would pop in in my mind was the thing to do. Now, it might mean draw something. It might mean take a walk. It might mean <laughs> call somebody, you know, or make, yeah. a, you know, make a sale or make a fun, whatever it is. But that is part of being the answer is these little yeah. tiny things that sort of feel like synchronicity kind of ideas that come in. But that is you living as the answer. Yeah. And your whole job is to be in the comfort zone with questions because we're always just going to be in question right it's like no answer yeah. you are the answer <laughs> yeah just keep moving forward one step at a time yes keep that forward momentum going or sideways or, or backwards sideways or upside down. <laughs> <laughs> backwards wherever just keep momentum I yeah think as long as yes exactly i think that's the thing that it warps us on the ego side like we think progression is around just moving forward mm -hmm. right because our brain has to think of things in this linear fashion yeah and in reality it means nothing to be forward and it means nothing to be backward as much as you're just in the journey yeah and so you can be going up down sideways like you could be tumbling yeah just because yeah. that's how it's supposed to be done <laughs> right 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 but it's, it doesn't have to be forward and it relaxes if we could think of things out of these binary paradigms it would ease off a lot mm. on our minds yeah and you can stay patched into your creative side absolutely what kind of what kind of tools or things have you discovered that have helped your journey you know like spirituality tools personal development tools anything really like books of that sort mm. There's been a whole slew of them. I've synthesized them into broad categories, okay? And one, and it, I know it's so simple, but it's asking questions. Mm. Yes, because we are a part of the indoctrination, if you will, of socialization and academic life and, and all the stuff that we live through is about having the answer, and having a statement and having a decision and having your mind made up about something, having an opinion of something. Mm -hmm. Well, whenever there's like decisions and conclusions, you cut off possibility. Mm. But if you ask a question, question is very creative. And you could see how brain scans look with this when somebody says, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make $10 million. Like the, the brain is just like, one, either your amygdala will fire up and cause your fight or flight 
<laughs> mechanisms to turn right, on. Right. And then that's a whole nother ball game. But if you instead said, what would it take to make a million dollars? What would it take to make $10 million? Both sides of your mind engage and opens up corpus callosum, which is like, you know, in the woo-woo world, it's like how you're patched in to the divine intelligence or yeah. to the intuitive intelligence that's around us. So it's a much more creative process to say, what would it take to make $10 million than to say, I'd like to make $10 million or I want to make a million dollars or $10 million. Like that, do, do you hear the difference of the statement and yeah. the question? Like you could feel that in your body. Like if you ask yourself a question, what would it take to, yeah. you know, lose 10 pounds versus I'm losing 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause one, you're like, Oh, Oh, what could I do? I could do this. I could do yes. This, I could do this. And then the other one creates like almost a stuck. Yes. Stuckness. Yes. And the the other one, the statement, you're you're now you've created a fence, and you're either on one side of it or the other, mm. right? Yeah. And with a question, there's no fence. The whole field is yours. It's just up to you to listen yeah. for the thing that the step that you need to take. Yeah. So that's the main thing. I really encourage people to ask questions in their minds to themselves. You'd be talking to yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all do that already? <laughs> yes, but if you could retrain your mind to ask questions instead of the the inner voice that's going, I'm this and I'm that and all these like mm. statement-based structures that's running through there, the change is amazing. It's fast and it's with ease. Yeah. And it's at, it defies, it defies a business plan. You know, if you were to set, if we were to say, you put the steps that you need to take to get to your goal, it would defy like the sequencing of those steps. Because yeah. isn't it, that's what happens anyway. Nobody's yeah. business plan goes as planned, right? <laughs> Nobody's weight loss plan goes as planned. Yeah. So might as well maximize it. <laughs> it's Absolutely. not step one, step two. It's like step one and then step eight and then maybe step four right, and then exactly, step 10. Right. <laughs> oh, and then there's this thing on the side. I don't know where it goes. You know, but you'll get there. A little bit of, me <laughs> little bit of meandering here and there. And right. <laughs> experimentation and all yeah, that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the difference is when these things are showing up in that way, you could have it with so much like agitation or it's like, this is not pleasant at all. It's not going as step one, step two, step three. Yeah. It's now going step one and then step seven. And the difference is if you hit step seven, you're like having fun with it. Yeah. And, and the time that it, you need to do another transformation, you'll actually enjoy it because it was so fun in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> now you've done a lot of a lot of work on, a, well, A, the woo-woo side, which yes. is like that whole mystical side that a lot of people are very scared of, but also like the, the scientific neuroscience, heady side. Mm -hmm. What have you learned? I mean, how have you been able to, you know, kind of bring that together. I know for me, we talked about Joe Dispenza, which who I really love. He, I love the fact that he brings a lot of that science side into the woo side. What kinds of things have you learned in that, in that aspect? Well, I've learned that it doesn't matter the, the genre. You can be neuroscience, you can be in cardiac, you could be in nutrition, you could be in math and philosophy, you could be in woo woo. And Everybody plateaus at the unknown. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I've learned. You know, I was a civil engineering major. I, I was like, I whiz at math in college, for example. And I even saw even then that math couldn't answer the, the mysteries of life. Yeah. None of these do. But when they work together, 
Right. The answers are in within each other's buckets. So I've learned collaboration and an open mind with experts is so important and mind sharing. Yeah. Because otherwise all it turns into is this thing is the right thing to do and that thing is the wrong thing to do. Mm. And so so what works? Okay, we'll we'll get get into that. I showed you this thing called Innerwise created by my good friend here, Dr. Uva. It shows you here the arm length test, which the Neon Radio listeners can Google. There's a YouTube instruction, but we'll go over these, getting your body to turn on, yes or no. Yeah. How to show you that. Yeah, and this is something that you can pick up on Amazon. I just ordered it. We're now, she's, uh, Alan told me about it. And so now we're jumping into checking it out. Yeah, we're going to be checking this out. There's, there's, of course, the questions. There is asking yourself the IMI, but using always the body. And there's several. You know, you've heard of like muscle testing. Mm -hmm. And muscle testing is great. It's just that it takes somebody else to do it and your arm gets tired. Oh, like where you like put pressure and you lift up. <gasps> yes, yeah, that yeah. one. You've seen that, right? Yeah, I've been through a couple like session, energy sessions with that. With that, yeah. So, and that's good, except after a while it stopped working on me. <laughs> and uh, funny enough, a lot of my clients muscle, that kind of muscle testing doesn't work on them either. Mm. So, or it plateaus on them the same way. So we have to find different ways to have conversations with our bodies and with our subconscious. And the key principles here is really to shelf the overworking mind, shelf the, the heart from everyone's always nervous of feeling things. <laughs> right, right. So we're going to put both sides at ease so that the soul can sit down and be the one in charge because the soul is not afraid of your thoughts, not even your worst ones. Your soul is not afraid of all these feelings that you potentially can have that you're avoiding feeling. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the the soul is quite indifferent to all of this mm-hmm. and knows how to process this. We're made to process these things, and a lot of the fear that has been built out from it is literally just from a lack of building skills over it. Mm. But if we had the skills to ride a bike, are you really afraid to ride a bike? Yeah. No, exactly. So, and that's all this is about is to establish a soul dialogue, and we do that by. Literally relaxing the mind, <laughs> relaxing the heart, and leaving room for the soul to be the one that's going, can somebody hear me now? <laughs> is there somebody willing to listen? And that's what we that's what this process is here. Yes, absolutely. And, and this is one of several. Yeah. You could do it through art too, which is why I asked you to bring some uh, markers and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> markers and paper. You could do weekly imagos that reflect what's going on with you energetically. An imago? An imago. It's Latin for image. Okay. And I'll show you also how to do that. We can have, I'll put up a quick video or something that your listeners can have if you wish or a link for it and how to do it. Yeah. It's basically patching into your right brain, quote unquote right brain, the metaphorical brain, the one that doesn't do direct associations. It's a metaphorical association. This part of you always is listening also, but it's an incoherent way, mm-hmm. but it can be transpired through art. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Art and creativity. I mean, you know, this is, I'd be curious to hear, to see how that type of art could translate into the actual art that you would create as a, as an artist. Oh yeah. It's, I think art will save the world, honestly. Yeah. If everyone could patch into their art, to their creativity, it would save the world. 
Yeah. Literally. Well, and this is a great question, you know, a great topic for this this podcast is like, how do you tap into your inner creative even deeper and get shed so much of the fear? Because, yeah, you know, I think as an entre- a creative entrepreneur, there's so much there's so much about like making a living with your art and you have that whole side of like money and art and like commerce and all this stuff. But then you also have to like the side of like, how do you stay, how do you stay creative? How do you dig into that and like keep both of those juggling at the same time? Oh yes. It's a dance. I don't know if it's a juggle, but it's a dance or a dance. It yeah, is definitely a, dance. a dance, a partner one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you have to like, you have to like, it's almost like you have to block one of at least for me, I've, I've I've realized that it's hard to go back and forth. You have to block things, you know, block commercial time or block creative time. Mm. Um, in in, in terms of just like a mind, like a, f- a frame of mind. Mm, that makes sense, and I see this. This is very common, actually, with great creatives or people with a creative mind mm-hmm. that still have to have the business side buttoned up. And I've certainly have that. I mean, I, you know, I paint, I, I draw. And in the past when I've had zones where I need creativity, I have to like lock off for like two, three days to even get anything, to even get into the space, you know, because right. I wasn't such not the practice, but I was more business minded and I don't need to turn it off. Yeah. You know? So it is possible. So. Well, and that's what I find interesting about you is you have like this very like analytical side and then you have this whole like creative side as well yes and you have a very good dance between the two from what i've seen yes and so the, the key here is like there's a lot of people who would like to learn how to tango mm-hmm. for example and the kind of music you have on is hip-hop right now it's doable you could still tango to hip-hop but wouldn't it just be easier to just turn on tango music True. Very true. So how do you turn on that tango music? So this is the part patching into soul sovereignty and soul operation is that we go underneath the details of the surface of life because the details of life, it's a reflection of what's going on inside. And we go in where the music started Mm. and that's in the soul. And we say, okay, what are the things here that need, that are stagnant, that need to shift? And the story of your life will give clues to that. Yeah. And, and the more you free up the stories that you're carrying, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. I know everyone's like, oh, the negative stories. I'm like, eh, actually, the positive ones I'm very suspicious of. Really? <laughs> even yeah, even more so the negative. Tell me why. Because you, then you don't feel the need to fix anything or to improve. Mm. And so when things don't fall into that category, you don't know why. Yeah. Because you've already written it off as a, you're good to go. Right. But what if all you had to do was tweak some little tiny thing in there and then you'd have the access that you wanted or the the idea that you wanted or the next level in your life that you wanted. Mm. And that's where a lot of blind spots are, is in the positive stories, ironically. That's a very good point. (laughs) You think everything's hunky-dory and you you go on autopilot. Yeah, to, To overlook and glide past everything. So I guess the trick is, is like, how do you... It's a free-for-all. Right? Like, how do you kind of still stay positive and create like positive things in your life, but not overlook the blind spots and not get stuck in the shit, right? Yes, absolutely. That And that's the key is like the self-inquiry you have. You don't only work out the negative stuff, like all the this happened to me or the woe is me. 
-hmm. It's also the, all the wins. Yeah. You go through all the, those details because they are stories. They're taking up memory in your hard drive. <laughs> yeah. There's no room for creativity if that hard drive's full. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, we all have computers. We all know how this works. Yeah. And all our stories have a collect, collate into a charge yeah. that we emit as human beings. We have mm -hmm. our own personal electromagnetic field that actually can be scanned by thermography And it's a field around us. And we emit through that. Like we lose water throughout the day. We evaporate water. Right. And so what is the steam you're giving off at the collection of your stories? You know? Exactly. <laughs> Science will hopefully be there soon. But in the meantime, we have our gut. We have our soul. We have our sense. We have all kinds of senses that we're kind of, you know, probably 30% using. Yeah. And when... That's the same thing when you walk in the door and you're about to have a meeting, when you're about to pick up a phone, you're like, oh, I don't know about this person or, ooh, I'm excited about this person. Yeah. And you don't even know them. Yeah. Yeah. You feel that energy. Right. And so it doesn't have to be at 30%. You can push these things to 80, 90%, like really sensatorily, like overload yourself even. Yeah. But that can also be unhealthy if you have these stories that you're sitting yeah. on. So what are some tools that you use to defrag or like get rid of the trash and like get to that, like that intuition, that, that, uh, that Satori. Oh, the inner wise. Uh -huh. And it can, it doesn't have to be inner wise. It, it can be, it can be, uh, let's see. What else do I like? I like music. There's great music. There's binaural beats. Oh. There are of course, crystals that you can configure around you. There's visual med um, guided meditations. There's, of course, you know, straight up just energy, energy sessions on yourself. The majority of the work is not that you need to know how to go buy a crystal or, you know, you need to go attend a sound bath or it's <laughs> not. That's actually not the majority of the work. That's like it's the same thing as giving somebody a pill. Right. It, the, the work is in the exploration, the, the mm. figuring out where things are linking in your subconscious or in your heart that you didn't realize is there. Right. So making those connections, making right? those connections. Yeah. Journaling. Oh my God. Journaling is a great, 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 great. And there's people who can't journal. They can't write. This is me. I couldn't write. I would get like growing up. I would, I would start world war three by my journals. <laughs> in my house because People would read them. So it choked me to like never write. And ironically, the few times I've written, like people are like, oh my God, it's amazing work. You know, and I'm like, yeah. hate it, yeah. hate it. I'm going to die. I'm going to get persecuted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't consider myself a writer either. Yes, but um, if you could even just, don't even think of it as journaling and writing. I even hate the concept of word journaling. Just spew. Makes me want to gag. <laughs> <sighs> it's just so like flowery. <laughs> Did my journal today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I rather, you know, when I'm in my very, very left brain masculine side, I'm like, let's document. Document. <laughs> and you just write down just everything that you're, that's coming mm -hmm. across, the thoughts that are like mm -hmm. coming across your frame. Yeah. And if you got nothing to start with, start with the sky is blue mm. or gray. <laughs> This is how I got myself to write. I would just bullet. I would literally three words would come out at a time. It was such a huge like. No, I am not going to feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would start with, okay, that. Oh, and then at nine o'clock I had a meeting and so and so was, and then it would start going. 
Yeah. And then when you get the details of life out, then the thoughts come in. Yeah. Of, I didn't like how I felt with that. I should have said this and I should have said that. And you interrupt yourself by writing out a question. Why did I say that? And what do you do? You answer your own question in your own documentation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an interesting method too, right? I mean, to to think a thought and then ask why you had that thought or ask why you were feeling that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And dig deeper within that. Absolutely. Like I remember I was journaling and it was like, gosh, I got so angry and I don't know why, but I felt like my my 19-year-old self. And I was like, whoa, why Why was I? Was I not my 19-year-old version of myself in that situation? Like, holy crap. <laughs> okay. And this is when I realized, depending on, on the situations we're in, we actually slide up in like in age in our maturity level. Interesting. Yeah. So we're going to play with this. You could like check what your maturity level is when you're in a relationship. How, oh. old, how old are you in relationship? How old are you when you're creating? How old are you when you're painting? How old are you when you're working? Like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited to play with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. So it's piecing these things together as you know, as you, you can see, like, these are ways that you could get to know yourself. And when you know what you're working with, you you have somewhere to start with. And the thing would just sort of going to get relief from like an energy session, a massage, a, a crystal thing or a sound bath or, you know, quantum touch and all this kind of stuff. Like if you don't know what you're going in for, if you don't know like a baseline and what you're working with, right? what are you fixing? Yeah. What, why, why are you taking the pill? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how can one start on this awareness journey? Well, that's the main thing. If you're at home, document. <laughs> document? Where am I now? What's going on with you? <laughs> yes. I'll put up the thing on Imagos and how to do that. Cool. It's it's a non-confrontational way to handle yourself or to <laughs> figure out what's going on with yourself. That's two. This is my least favorite recommendation. I, I resist meditation in the beginning for people. Because oh. all that happens is like you get in a battle with your mind and guess what? The mind's going to win. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> this, meditations will be about like quieting your mind or making it empty or, you know, having this like universal peace with the world. Like none of those things your mind wants to do. Yeah. Have you, ever, <laughs> have you, have you done transcendental or Vedic meditation? I have not. Because that's an interesting, uh, that's what I've been trained in over the last couple of years, sure. few years. And it's, it's like almost the opposite, right? Like okay. you have a mantra that's like the conduit for dropping your brain brainwaves down to sure. a, a smaller frequency. But you're, you're okay to like think thoughts. Like it's actually almost like taking out the trash of your mind. Good. Um, and I, I, I like to think about it like that when I do it in the morning, you know, because it's like I wake up and there's like all this stuff going through my mind. And I'm like, I meditate for you know the first 20 minutes once i get up and it's like it's very grounding it feels like i'm taking out the trash and it's way easier than like a guided meditation because you don't you can't think you can't have thoughts it's very interesting i agree with you on this and i think it would be really neat actually from what you're describing to pair it with i, I think you said it was mantras that you use right yeah it's a mantra based it's mantra based yeah like so mantras. there's like 108 unique sounds and we all correspond to one yeah i i'd have to find the guy who knows how to match up each person with that but if you find that core sound that you 
less innate to you, that would be probably the way I do oh, transcendental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be curious to learn more about that. I didn't know there was, <laughs> I knew that they're like, there's certain, like the, my teacher, she'll match up, she'll give you a mantra in the class. She'll give you a mantra, especially for you, whatever. I mean, it's probably picking out one of the hundred and, 108 mm. mantras or sounds. Maybe that's the, how it works. I, I've done it so long ago, I even forgot what my sound was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, and that's the thing. Like tools, they come and go. You you use what's appropriate for you right at the moment. You yeah, know? <laughs> there's all kinds of different fun stuff that you can play around with. I mean, for me, I've started doing breath work over the last year, which has been amazing. And okay very healing and also you know gets me out of the the default mode network in my brain and and transcends into a different space Mm -hmm. and also i'd like to ask why are you holding your breath so much why am i holding my breath yeah like we actually all don't breathe that well like i could feel it whenever i come into la i start holding my breath (laughs) like i'm not breathing as deeply or, or as oftenly well, I mean, it's one of those things, right? There's probably a lot of anxiety or or stress and things like that. And it's it's on autopilot, right? So we have to become aware and conscious of the way that we're breathing. And I think that's probably also why like doing breath work brings you to that space of being conscious and aware of your breath. Mm, and I would push that because that's where a lot of superpowers for my clients have been converting. Is what? From like when you hold your breath or you're having these things that you're doing on default with your body, I would say, okay, you have, you know how to get to a place of stillness, Mm -hmm. but also what information are you aware of? Hmm. Because our bodies are also scanners. It's aware of a lot of things. And I find like when we go straight into this place of like just wanting ease, we actually overlook the fact that we have some superpowers. So some of my clients, like they can see thoughts now going through their own clients' heads. They can, yes, like clear audio, like one of them, he loves music and, and goes to festivals and DJs. And he came and started a session. He was like, Ellen, I hear like, thoughts of people in front of me like people I don't know like in coffee shops I'm like oh you're like that movie (laughs) he's like is that is that I'm like I'm like yeah I get it (laughs) he's like this happens I'm like "Mm -hmm." once we realize like we're not just sitting here avoiding anxiety as much as you're actually quite aware of some things around you that if you could look at it beyond this thing that you need relief from could actually give you some insight as to all the other things you're capable of. Mm. Wow. That's, that's intense. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where his work has like, I mean, it has absolutely quantum the way he works with people. His income has gone like, I don't think he even doubled it or tripled it. I think he, it was like, yeah, (laughs) he was like, I just made the money. I thought I was going to make the whole year. This was in January. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's funny. Not once did we talk about money and money mindset. Wow. Hmm. Well, so that's, that's a great, great question, right? Like how does, so how does tapping into soul sovereignty amplify, you know, being the amplifier yes how does it amplify what you're doing and and your business and all of that the soul sovereignty 
puts you in charge and you're no longer at the affect of the stimulus you're constantly receiving. Mm. That you're just reacting by way of anxiety or I'm I'm stressed out now or or you know I'm I'm patched out of my creativity I need to go lock off like all of that are not things you contend with as much as you're like oh that tells me this about this person I'm interfacing with mm. and you use it for you instead of just being the affect of these things that you have to go retreat from or go find a new tool to go cope with life. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. literally life becomes your bitch. <laughs> I like that. I like so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is soul, soul sovereignty. Like y- you are in charge and the responsibility of being in charge is also being willing to dance with life because life is unpredictable. It will hand you some things. The more it realizes you're capable He'll be like, okay, you handle this now. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Whatever that looks like. Sometimes it's really great. Sometimes you're like, you know, I could have asked for that a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. That's really when somebody says they want to push through their next thing, like that doesn't only mean you only have access to the good stuff. That means you got access to stuff you're responsible for too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the soul sovereignty is like, how would you define it? Like, how would you explain it? Sovereignty. You're not using your mind. You're not only operating through your mind. You're not only operating through your heart. You're not only operating through your stomach or your skin. And I'll give you this visual. How about that for soul sovereignty? Let's do okay? it. This is the visual is that an airplane and an airplane get, gets from point A to point B. It has a trajectory and there are gauges. Our brain can stand for a gauge. Our heart can be another gauge. Our skin, our stomach, our intestines, our feet, our hands are a gauge. Most of us are looking through the one little gauge. But if you zoom out a little bit, you realize there's a whole dashboard of Mm -hmm. gauges. And if you zoom out a little more, Oh, there's a windshield. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can see it. If you zoom out a tiny bit more, like half a step back, cockpits are really, really tiny. You're like, oh, there's a chair. Oh, like sit down. Yeah. (laughs) And you're not really just using the gauge as the only window. Right. Which is what all of us are doing. We're making the gauge the window, the gas, the pedal, the brake. (laughs) Yeah. All the things. And if you sit down... You use the entire set of gauges in the dashboard, including the windshield, to navigate you through because a plane changes course a million, milli, milli, tiny moves all the time. Still going there. I don't know how it's going to go there. It it doesn't know either, but it's getting there. Absolutely. So when you work with people, you help people step up, step back and gain perspective to see all the the gauges, the whole cockpit. Absolutely. To literally sit down and like sit down. Yeah. You are the pilot. I love this is it. your plane. Here are all your gauges. Let's have orientation with your gauges, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And how did you discover this 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 stuff for yourself? Cuz I lost my soul like over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I kept selling my soul. <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But I think my first one, I actually did not know near deaths will cause like your soul to jump out of your mm-hmm. experience. And I had my first one, I, I guess at six years old, I had no idea or seven years old. But like my son's age right now is when I had my first one because I had an allergic reaction to aspirin and I turned blue. So I had no idea I almost died. Like it was an astrologer that found it like when I was 28 or something and I was like hitting a plateau in my life and I couldn't figure out why or where it was coming from. I just knew something was up. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, wow, you've had a couple near deaths. And I'm like, interesting. I could only think of like two. It's like, no, you had, you had one young. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) He's like, look, it it was like six or seven or eight. I'm like, no, what? Wait a minute. And there was a, st- a story my mom would say like, oh my gosh, yeah, I gave you aspirin and you like turned blue. And I called her up. I'm like, did I almost die? She's like, well, I actually rushed you to the hospital. You turned blue. You weren't breathing. And I was like, oh, thanks for wow. that little piece of information, mom. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, so I haven't been in my own body in a really long time. And so the second time that happened, which actually I think just compounded you know, that incident was I almost drowned when I was 11. Wow. Yeah. I had just gotten here from the Philippines. There was a pool party from church and I didn't know pools were deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I went swimming in the Philippines, but all those pools were two feet tall, two feet deep or three feet deep. I didn't yeah. know there was like a concept of six feet deep pool. There's just no way I could have thought of it. Yeah. I go down the slide and I can't come back out. And I literally see my body struggling. I'm looking at myself, my body struggling to come up. Yeah. I'm in the water. I'm like, I'm in the water. But no, I'm in the water over there. That's my body. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) What? Okay. This is interesting. (laughs) Very. And I thought, well, do I stay or do I go? And before I could even finish, I got pulled out. A priest pulled me out. Wow. Yeah. He noticed I wasn't coming up and he pulled me out. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And so this is my, that is actually my first experience of like, oh, we've got a soul. Like there's a thing in charge and I don't know where I've been that whole time. Yeah. And I still, you know, I got nobody to talk to about this. Nobody knows I'm having this experience. I saw the world like so differently since then and I couldn't explain it and I didn't understand. And I just tried to participate as best I can, which is why I was kind of like really discombobulated, (laughs) you know, reaching to my 20s. And so that's how it came to be for me and and being caught up in the quest for having a great network and knowing the right people and being in the right place and and no longer being poor (laughs) and sleeping on the floor (laughs) in somebody's (laughs) bedroom with six other people. Really that that kind of honestly exacerbated yeah the this connection with myself that i didn't understand or have or i have no framework at all yeah and so in the last three or four years i went through a hard dark night of the soul Mm. where like my whole life was just like shut down like shut down like all like i no longer resonated with the people I was surrounded by, my marriage fall apart, fell apart. My businesses were not going well. And it was a definite like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so how would you define dark night of the soul? Because I feel like I went through one over the last like uh, 
the years. feeling of it. It's like you're being incinerated while still alive. That kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> and there's no tools you've had before that point that could possibly assist you. <laughs> right, 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 right. But you somehow have this little tiny pinpoint of a light that says, just keep looking at that. You'll, you'll make it out somehow. Right. And you're like, huh? What? But all I feel is despair and sad and a spiral. Yeah. That's like the dark night of the soul. Spiral, <laughs> disconnected from the world. Yeah, yeah. Questioning everything. Everything. But, you know, there's a lot of things we start doing in that dark night of the soul that we should actually keep with us, like the questioning yeah. of things, Yeah. right? Absolutely. What's happening. You get completely aware when all that external stimulation goes away, you only have yourself to, to contend with. Yeah. And nobody really knows how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you and the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when we get busy, that is the first to go. Mm. You know? When we get put on auto autopilot. Yeah. And the, the invitation is to always have yourself there as you rise, as you achieve, as you get into the deep hours of creativity or the work that you're doing is to be present, literally, you know, when you the quote-unquote cliche, be present, is that soul goes, I'm going to make room now because you aren't doing it. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I have to burn the whole town down, forget your attention, <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so on the one hand, I could have looked at everything as something that happened to me. Oh, so-and-so wronged me this way and like... The the marriage, I you know, he did this to me. Not, none of these people did anything to you. Yeah. You know, at one point, at, at my own dark night of the soul, like, I did it because I wouldn't listen, that I needed room, like I needed to patch in to my own experience. Yeah. And you, you needed to experience it for yourself and move. Yes. Move towards that little inkling of light that's still yes. still out there. Yes. That, that hope that you know that, Everything's going to be okay. And, and let's uh, face it, what is that inkling of light? That's your higher self going, I am in charge. You just don't get it yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to wear you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to wrestle. <laughs> we're going to wrestle. We're, we're going to go through it. <laughs> exactly. We're wrestling. And this can be as painful as you want, as pleasant as you are yeah. willing to have it, you know. And I think knowing that this too shall pass and knowing that you're going to come out on the other side as a, as a, a better in that high as a higher living in your higher self mm -hmm. knowing that and you'll get through it mm -hmm. is like one of the biggest things mm -hmm. absolutely it's a key it's yes a, it, it is, is the thing this is all so here this is all soul sovereignty is this journey i mean i suppose if we weren't i i guess i don't know about you i'm kind of hard-headed and i need that sort of like <laughs> i guess our ass kicking I will not be doing that anymore. <laughs> okay, okay, I, will I get it. Yeah, I will listen to the little things. Thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. I do not need to have these peaks and valleys in my life. If we could listen to the, the yeah. little whispers, because there won't actually only be whispers after a while. Yeah. Like you, you would empower your own soul to be like the one in charge and in command. And it's not, so, in the beginning it feels foreign. Like, oh, I'm like, it feels like work. Like yeah. this is a lot of work, but it does click into place where it becomes natural, and that's the only way you know how to be. Yeah, 
So when you're working with clients, you're bringing this sort of thing oh, yeah. to the table. That's, oh yeah. That your prime. I'm guessing your primary yes. like mode of yes. of operation. Absolutely. Which is definitely like very different than I've heard of from of any like consulting or work. At, you know, of that type of work working with other CEOs and organizations. It's a very very deep deep spiritual level that you're working at, which I find amazing and and fascinating. It is an honor to do it. And humbling at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honored when people share their, their journeys with me. I don't think I really had very many people to turn to. And yet the most unlikely people did. Mm-hmm. And really, they only came in that period of time. One yeah. of them I still never met. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we're at peace with that. Like we speak every once in a while, like, when are we ever going to meet? Like you assisted me so much with the yeah. energy and facilitation and I'm going to meet. Yeah, and she's called me for her own, her own stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's also humbling because the work doesn't end. Yeah. That just as you think you've got a rhythm. Oh, my well, God. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps on coming. Mm-hmm. Yes, keeps and that's the coming. part. You know, I'm like, when is it over? <laughs> oh, my God, something else. Okay. Here all it right, comes. all right. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about Womanity. What that is and what your vision, what your vision is for mm, it. Woo, manity, woo, where woo, woo, and humanity meet. Yeah. Woo is just like the method, you know? Yeah. I think if we could explain everything and figure everything out, we would have done it by now. Yeah. And everything that's allowing us to have access to the things that we want, I'm just putting in one giant soup bowl called woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> And it doesn't only mean, you know, crystals and energy and sound baths. It also means science. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It means astronomy. It means, you know, physics. Neuroscience. Absolutely. Cellular science. Mm -hmm. Cellular behaviorism. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that stuff. I wish we could keep talking about it. (laughs) Oh, we can. We can. (laughs) But, yeah, I think we're about ready to wrap up here. So I I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. One, One question that I ask all my guests is what is the... What does the phrase live inspiration mean to you? Live inspiration. So many, so many great ways to see this. What's coming through? Live inspiration. There isn't a right or wrong or light or dark way to inspire something or somebody. Live inspiration is that you have a dance with the being and the doing. We're human beings and we're also human doings. Mm. And the blend of both and understanding that, that then moves people to be, to aspire for that kind of functioning. So this is living inspiration. It isn't that you're creating content that inspires others. It's not the outward extension of it. And and that it's been there since the beginning of time. That's why artists and musicians and businesses and inventors exist, right? Yeah. To inspire. But also we're coming in a point in our our progression as a human collective where it's beyond the instant gratification of mm-hmm. inspiration. Yeah. It's about being the functioning of inspiring. Mm. Being the functioning of inspiring. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. And this is really where you gotta do what it takes. That is humanity. Mm. It's woo. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you. And where can people find you and follow you and see what you're up to? Oh my on gosh. The I'm, I'm, in, 
I am ridiculously easy to find. Womanity.com, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm on Instagram as Womanity, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. I also contribute to Entrepreneur Magazine on women's leadership. So any one of those, I'll be at the next Secret Knock in March and also at the Momentum by Thrive Union the few days after. So I'm around. I'm super easy to find. Beautiful. Well, I acknowledge you for the light that you're being in this world. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode, Neon Radio with Alan Reed. I am your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could help us out by leaving us a good review over an Apple podcast. Do that right in the app. You can also share the episode out at neonradio.com slash EP154. And you can also check out the show notes and the links that we talked about on the episode today over at that page. So it's nionradio.com slash EP154. So with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment. And we'll see you next time. Next time.